Hello everyone and welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today is day 13 of the season of The Witch and today we're talking about a truly horrific topic, horror comedies. Now horror and comedy are two art styles um, in general, not just within movies, but that have very similar um, things kind of going for them and a lot of things in common. Uh, both are trying to get a visceral reaction out of you. I mean, I guess to a certain extent, all movies or all art is, but comedy and horror are both trying to get you to feel something. Comedy's trying to get you to laugh. Horror's trying to make you afraid. It's really trying to get a rise out of you in both senses. And both are kind of looked down upon by um, the intelligentsia. Um, when's the last time that a comedy was even like nominated for an oscar and, and not that the oscars are the end all be all as i've said plenty of times but um you know comedies kind of looked as in the gutter as it's horror and, and it, interestingly enough how many great artists uh, how many great directors how many great um, actors and actresses have come out of both of these things and when you combine both horror and comedy um it doesn't always work <laughs> um <laughs> like Let's look at scary movie, for example. No, I'm kidding. I'm, those are those are parodies, but it actually, it it kind of probably is a good thing to look at. Just real quick, I mean, it kind of shows you even within what's ostensibly the same series of movies, um, how horror and comedy can mesh really well and how it cannot. Um, and not that scary movie is the best example of horror comedies. I mean, um, lots lots of Sam Raimi's work, like the Evil Dead movies, um, an American Werewolf in London. Uh, you can probably toss in a lot of um, the movies from the 50s as, as almost kind of being comedic. Um, I like to think of Eli Roth's movies as almost comedies, like very dark comedies. But um, it, it's, a, it's a mixture that is, that is tough to do. And when it hits, I think it really resonates. And, and I think the movie that really kind of shows that is Ghostbusters, a, a movie... Um, that I, I mean, I think it's overrated, but it's definitely, um, definitely had its impact on culture. I mean, my kids know Ghostbusters and my kids have never, well, they saw the remake, but they've never seen the original one. And I don't think my daughter would like it. Um, I mean, she's only five. Um, but regardless, you know, my kids know Ghostbusters, they know the fucking song. Um, so I guess in a way they, they know Hugh Lewis and Hugh Lewis in the news as well. But, um, Ghostbusters is... It's a straight-up comedy with, like, horror, quote-unquote, elements in it. I mean, there's nothing really horrific about it, but there's ghosts. And, um, I mean, you have Gozer, and you have, like, these giant demon dogs. And there's some crazy shit in that movie when you think about it. Um, like I said, I mean, I think Ghostbusters, for some people, like, that's, like, their favorite movie. It's this big cultural touchstone. Um, I think it's it's a good example of horror and comedy. And, and honestly, I mean, Ghostbusters 2 and the 2016 um, all-female remake... Um, they think they're about on the same level. I, I like. I feel that Ghostbusters is one of those movies that I don't have nostalgia for, so I don't ever see it through these rose-tinted glasses. And uh, I am also not the biggest fan of Bill Murray. I don't think everything he does is like the funniest thing ever. So I, I am not the biggest fan of this movie. Um, and, and in a way, unfortunately, that whole backlash over um, the all-female Paul Haggis movie from 2016, um, like the internet backlash of people just being like, oh, not my Ghostbusters, it, it really kind of tarnished it in a way for me and that's unfair to the movie because it's not like it did anything it's not like there's anything in, in that movie specifically saying like oh women suck i mean um shit you guys are going to be where you got ellen ripley in that movie um but 
it, it just unfortunately is something that now is in my head those two things are linked and it, it kind of takes away from from some of it but just the fact that like you know the like the costumes are iconic like in in Stranger Things season two, when the kids show up in that teaser, like everyone knew right away, oh, they're the Ghostbusters, and like I like that joke where they all want to be the same character, and the other boys just assumed that, um, you know, uh, they were going to be different people, but um, of course they're a bunch of nerds. Of course they're going to like you know Venkman, um, but in any case, like I said, Ghostbusters I think is a good example of horror and comedy, and I think the thing with horror comedy. It's difficult to make it work, but I think you kind of have to choose a lane. Like, either you're going to be comedic and you're going to have horror elements, or you're going to be horrific and you're going to have comedic elements. And, and Ghostbusters is a good example of of that. And there's definitely ways to kind of lean into that either way to kind of make it, make it better. But I think another movie that really kind of leans into the comedy and does a really great job of it um, is Bubba Hotep. <laughs> Bubba Hotep is one of the fucking craziest movies i've ever seen um it stars bruce campbell as elvis presley elvis presley who was replaced by some other schmuck and who has been living in anonymity in texas and who is now in an old folks home and people just think he's crazy because he says that um um that he's elvis presley um and in a stroke of genius you also have um his best friend um, played by Ossie Davis, who believes he is John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Ossie Davis, of course, being African-American. So Bruce Campbell's like, what do you, but JFK was white. And he's like, oh, they bleached, they, you know, they changed my skin color when, <laughs> when, you know, they put me here. And the great thing about this movie is that the titular Bubba Hotep, who is an Egyptian mummy dressed up like a cowboy who uh, sucks the souls of people and then shits them out is that you don't really spend a lot of time with it so you don't really question the ridiculousness of the horror elements of this movie um this is probably the only movie where you're gonna see a mummy <laughs> fight elvis presley as well and the great thing is that all the actors involved like they know what kind of movie they're making and they commit i mean um bruce campbell is is great basically everything he's ever done and to just see him taking on Elvis Presley and acting like Elvis with a good um, smattering of just uh, Bruce Campbell in general, who's basically like Ash from <laughs> the Evil Dead movies, is really fun to watch. Um, this is a movie that I remember I ended up seeing at um, in well, I was still in college, I think, when it came out. And I, I saw it at UC Irvine, of all places, in their um movie theater that would always show like prestige movies like like this is the kind of theater where i would have where i could see an early release of there will be blood or something like that and i went to go see bubba fucking hotep in this movie in this movie theater so um i always kind of had like um this fond memories of these theater because it would also show like schlocky movies because it's a low budget independent movie i mean it, Yes, it has a mummy and Elvis Presley, but it's a low-budget independent movie. So, you know, you got to have an idea to get those out there. Speaking of um, Bruce Campbell and his um, consistent collaborator, Sam Raimi, um, Sam Raimi, after the Evil Dead movies, wasn't really involved with horror as much, and he made his grand return to horror in 2009 with Drag Me to Hell. Uh, Drag Me to Hell is one of the most 
punishing movies to watch and i say punishing in the sense that um poor allison loman gets the shit kicked out of her continuously in this movie this is a movie where she gets vomited on by corpses she um gets pulled down into into the muck um i think i even already talked about this movie but fuck it i don't care um and it's just a blast, like, seeing her having to deal with all this physical comedy and, and seeing that Sam Raimi is an equal opportunity offender. Um, everything he did to Bruce Campbell, he basically does to poor Alison Lohman. And, um, I mean, in a way, she kind of deserves it, but not maybe as crazy as this goes. I mean, she makes a mistake and she forecloses on... Um, uh, on an old gypsy woman because she has her eyes on the brass ring and, and a promotion and it all turns to shit when she gets cursed and just insanity ensues and and this is um i think this is probably the only movie where you ever see um a goat call someone a bitch <laughs> so um definitely worth checking out and, and just a great example of just the not so energy that um that sam raimi brings to his movies that he had imported over to stuff like the spider-man movies and to um some of the other stuff that he was doing but to to see that he could just still kind of have this take no prisoners ridiculously ridiculous and ridiculously fun fun to watch um horror movie is is wonderful and, and drag me to hell um you know, I, I think it's up there with, with the Evil Deads. I mean, it's not gonna, it's definitely not as iconic, um, but it, it, it belongs up there um, as Raimi's best horror work. Um, one of the movies that I think very few people remember or have maybe even heard of that would fall into this category of, of horror comedies is Teeth. Um, Teeth stars. Um, Jess Wexler as Dawn, who was born with vagina dentata. <laughs> she basically has teeth in her vagina. And um, this is all played for laughs. And I mean, I would think it'd be horrific to find this, but the really funny thing is I, I was like 25 or 26 when this movie came out and um, just seeing people's reactions to the idea that um you could be having sex with someone and that person would chop your dick off with teeth in their vagina and just how people reacted to just the idea of it like i've mentioned before about um growing up in southern california and listening to kevin and bean and I, they were just enamored with the idea of this movie I, I don't even think they were bothered to watch it but just the fact that they would have vagina dentata as um you know a superpower i guess um or they, they would have like kind of like what's the scariest thing you could think of and that that's something that would they that people would bring up all the time from this movie um this is a movie like where um it, i mean it's kind of fucked up because it kind of plays sexual assault for fun um which sounds terrible but it, it's not like they're trying to exploit jess or anything it's more uh, i'm sorry um dawn it, it's more like um you know creepy guys be creepy guys and she's able to to punish them for being creeps um like when she goes to like she i think there's like this um part where she goes to a gynecologist like she's never been to one and he notices like some kind of deformity and he tries to finger her and in trying to do that um as a reflex the the vagina dentata like cut his finger and or chop his finger off and he's just like screaming vagina dentata vagina dentata as he's bleeding everywhere and she's running away because um she doesn't know what the fuck happened um she later on basically seduces men into uh, creepy men into like 
um, becomes almost this, I don't know, I guess serial killer who goes around like killing creeps by chopping their dicks off with her vaginal teeth. Um, <laughs> this movie's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, like, it, it, and I kind of like it in the sense too because it's just like you're flipping the script. We have all these revenge fantasy movies where like men will do terrible things to a woman, sexually assaults her, they'll rape her, and then she comes back and kills them. And this is basically before you even get to the rape part, like you're fucked, you know? <laughs> so it's great to see that. Um, I think one of the best horror comedies that I've ever seen, and one that was really unexpected for me, was 2017's Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day is... Um, <laughs> it's a basically a time travel movie. <laughs> like, it's weird. It, it's like, um, we, we follow this um, our titular character, um, Tree Gelbman, Tree played by Jessica Roth, who um, is kind of a bitch, and then she gets killed um in this um very this is basically just like a, a a remake of slashers and like a love letter to slasher films like so she gets killed um by this masked killer who's wearing a baby mask because the college that she's at the mascot is a baby for some fucking reason um so if you ever see baby masks around it's from happy death day um anyway she um gets killed by this guy and after she's killed she wakes up at the beginning of the day and she it's it basically um groundhog's day meets a slasher <laughs> um speaking of bill murray earlier so she has to continue living the same day over and over trying to figure out who is the person that's killing her interspersed with this we have this um a serial killer who is on campus and we are led to believe this whole time that she needs to stop this guy from killing her um but having to live her day over and over again, um, Tree realizes what a bitch she is and she starts to grow as a person and become a better person, um, slowly but surely falling in love with um, the boy whose room she keeps waking up in. Um, eventually, we lead to um, this great montage of just Tree not giving a fuck and getting killed over and over again. At one point, um, jumping out of an airplane naked to her death um, instead of... Uh, ostensibly she's um you know jumping with a parachute but she's got nothing because uh, she doesn't care because she's just going to come back um and eventually we get to reveal that the person that's been killing her all along is not this crazy killer it's her roommate who is pissed at her because she slept with a professor who she's in love with um it had a sequel which is just as weird not as good but happy death day is just a fun um it's a fun movie. It's fucking silly, but um, definitely has some cool horror elements in it and worth worth definitely your time. I know it's one of those where I heard that title and was like, this is fucking stupid, but um, give it a chance. I think one of the best um, horror comedies ever made is 2014's What We Do in the Shadows, um, a movie that... <laughs> sounds ridiculous like the premise of it sounds ridiculous you basically follow um these three vampires in a mockumentary style movie who are kind of doing their day-to-day -day life and learning about um the uh kind of the culture outside and, and how they try to survive um but the great thing about this is that they're all presented as like bumbling fools um they're fucking terrible at what they do at being vampires um like Taika Waititi directed this along with Jemaine Clement. They both star in it. Um, Taika Waititi is 
great there's there's this wonderful scene where he um tries to uh bite a girl to feed and ends up making this huge mess and there's just blood everywhere and it's just horrific but it's so fucking silly that it just is hilarious um i mean this movie was so good that they made a whole series of it um but there's just a lot of stuff where like this whole time we talk about like um Jermaine Clement's talking about like the beast that fucked him and all this and you think it's like the person that turned him into um into a vampire and it's his ex-girlfriend who <laughs> broke his heart um and there's a lot of I think that's one of the things that makes this movie so great is that there's a lot of stuff of just kind of playing with um conventions of what you would expect um like there's this group of guys that they're always talking shit to and then it turns out that they're vamp they're um werewolves and they hate werewolves because vampires and werewolves don't get along um there's just a lot of silly stuff like this in this movie and i i think one of the best jokes is um take has he keeps pining for this girl that he loved when he um uh, was much younger before he became a vampire and he's able to um, track her down and you know obviously she's much older she looks like she's in her 70s and um taika waititi looks like his regular age and he ends on this this joke of like you know oh people you know they really um are put off by like the um age difference but you know she's 72 and i'm 248 and and it's kind of playing that that trick because visually you think oh she's older than him but he's a vampire so he's oh i guess he wouldn't have met her before he became a vampire. anyway like he um (laughs) he's a vampire so he's much much older and there's just a lot of a lot of fun stuff like that in this movie it's definitely um like if you're gonna watch any of these movies i would say watch what we do in the shadows just because it it also just does a lot of kind of plays off a lot of stuff like one of the younger guys who becomes a vampire like just kind of shows off with it and then was like you can't fucking do that like people are gonna kill us and like no one really cares and just the casual violence like just the way they casually kill people and it's like not a big deal um but at the same time it's just all played for laughs just makes this definitely worth checking out um i feel when we talk about horror comedies specifically from the 80s i think most people think of three movies one is ghostbusters the other is an american werewolf in london which i had talked about before and the third is gremlins um directed by joe dante from a chris columbus script um gremlins is fucking great gremlins is one of those movies that even though i think i didn't watch i was like five when it came out um like i didn't watch it until i was maybe 10 or 11 but i knew about gizmo and the gremlins like since i was a little kid uh, i think like most five-year-olds at that time i wanted a little gizmo doll because gizmo looked so cute um and the great thing about this is that you have these ridiculous rules and you have these gremlins that have like this um these great effects having to do with these puppets and just acting like total fucking assholes and um these just little critters that are running around just being complete dicks and killing people left and right um on christmas of all days and then of course you have like the infamous um sequence of um phoebe kate's talking about how she first found her um how she her dad had died um being locked up in his chimney and everyone just assuming that he had run away but he had got caught in the chimney coming down um as santa claus and so she can't she hates christmas because of it obviously um and gremlins is a movie that i think has this crazy chaotic energy and it's barely self-contained and the craziest thing about it is that they had a sequel gremlins 2 the new batch um which i think came out like in 1990 which ups the stakes of that manic ridiculous energy and ends up just kind of going broke for just making fun of 
lots of horror movies and we have we have stuff here like um we have mutations we have christopher lee as a scientist who who starts um experimenting on the gremlins in this high-rise building and um the gremlins obviously start taking they easily start taking over the building and just killing people and because of all the genetic mutations you get like spider gremlins we get um vegetable gremlins we get um a smart gremlin that's able to um sing and dance and everything we get um a gremlin who becomes female we have another gremlin uh with bat wings who literally leaves a bat signal when he smashes through a wall um just a lot of fucking craziness we also have gizmo running around like rambo and rambo 3 um making bows and arrows out of um office supplies and killing gremlins um these movies are just insane um they're a lot of fun to watch and i can't think of any other movie where um the movie will literally stop and people will st- the, the like the gremlins at one point stop the movie like like this is an old reel of film and it's burned out and they start doing shadow puppets and it takes hulk fucking hogan to show up and threaten to kick the gremlins asses to put the movie back on like outside of gremlins i can't think of I can think of very few movies where that wouldn't somehow destroy the movie and where that wouldn't necessarily be like the most memorable part of the movie. Um, Gremlins is great. One of the, and I think another great movie from the eighties that people forget about um, that is also a horror comedy is Fright Night directed by Tom Holland, not, not Spider-Man. <laughs> the director Tom Holland, not, not the actor. It stars, um, Roddy McDowell as this um, TV, this actor who um, plays an actor on TV. He, he um, I'm stumbling on my words. <laughs> he, he's an um, actor in a television horror show who is sought out by Chris Sarandon, who believes his next door neighbor is a vampire. And um, lo and behold, he's fucking correct. The guy's a vampire and not realizing that this guy's just an actor and, um, him thinking that this is just, um, you know, um, a role, um, he kind of goes along with it and they end up in this house being attacked by vampires. And there's some nasty effects in this. I, I think this is a movie, not that Fright Night is super like horrific or anything, but it's a movie that, um, um, is fun to watch and that is just a blast to see. And, you know, I think that's one of the great things about, about, um, you know, horror comedies is that you can really lean into one or the other. Like Shaun of the Dead, I think is probably one of the best ones that literally is able to kind of almost cleave that in half where the first half is more so a comedy and second half is a straight up horror movie. Um, and, and very few movies really try to do that. I think most of them try this blend, um, and because of it, I think some movies are misunderstood. And I think one of the ones that was very much misunderstood when it came out, but is actually a wonderful movie one you should check out, is 2009's Jennifer's Body, um, directed by Karen Kusama and uh, written by Diablo Cody. This movie stars Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Um, Megan Fox in this movie, her boyfriend who is uh, part of this um, like rock band, he basically sells her soul um, in order to doing this ritual in order to make them rich and famous. But in doing so, they kill poor Megan Fox, Jennifer, and she, her body gets taken over by the succubus who then starts to um, kill and devour men. And 
the only person that realizes that something crazy is going on is her best friend played by Amanda Seyfried, whose name is Needy. And she has to end up like overcoming her own fears and, you know, stop being the beta in the relationship and stick up to her fucking alpha friend and stop Jennifer from all the terrible things that she's doing. Um, but Jennifer's Body is a movie that really has a lot of um, social commentary in it and is really kind of commenting a lot on one, the role of women or, or how men look down on women um, or how they make them less than and also how men will use women um, for sex or in this case <laughs> um, for power by sacrificing them to the devil. But um, this movie is a lot smarter than you would think it is and that's the crazy thing about horror comedies and I think horror movies in general is that they can sneak some pretty interesting things past you so um even when it's a comedy it um it can be smarter than you think so thank you for listening and we'll be back tomorrow